This is Speak Earth. I'm Case Bradford. Thanks for tuning in to this episode with Christian Van Camp at CVC Wellness across social media. He makes amazing videos about holistic health, vitality. He's a men's lifestyle coach. You can find everywhere to get in touch with him down below. Check out his Instagram at CVC Wellness, YouTube channel, Twitter. All the social medias are down there. He's highly creative, very focused and compelling. Makes amazing videos and I'm glad we had a chance to sit down and connect so I could learn more about his philosophy and perspectives on life. We dive deep into the awakening that we are currently living through. We talk about manifesting success, creating, cultivating ideas, avoiding distraction, not being used by technology, but leveraging tech to create a cooler world. I really enjoyed this conversation and I appreciate you tuning in. Hope you enjoy it as well. If you are a new listener, welcome. If you are a seasoned listener, welcome back. If you feel called to contribute to this podcast, I came up with a few ideas. One is to leave a five-star review on the Apple app or the Spotify app. Those are really helpful for Peak Earth. Another is to share an episode across social media. You can send out a tweet or post it on your Instagram story, something like that. I guess you could send a letter to your grandma if you wanted. A third way would be to move to a small town in France, learn the language, get embedded with the culture there. You're, you're milking the cows, making the fromage, you're picking the grapes, you're stomping on the grapes with your bare feet, turning it into wine, you're learning the language, everybody's name, becoming integrated in with the culture and then get elected mayor of the town. I think they probably have mayors. And then when nobody's looking, change the name of the town to peak earth podcast and i think that would get large i think that would get a large amount of media coverage probably and it would help the podcast grow so those those are three ideas do that what you will you don't have to do anything um i appreciate you listening thank you and yeah there's also if you want to buy anything i've got links down below from our podcast show sponsors so you get a discount i get a small kickback and that's another cool way. There's a uh, Rizal shoes. These are amazing earthing shoes made from leather, which feels great on the bare feet and it allows you to access the free electron flow on the surface of the earth, which is a great way to bring down inflammation, elevate vitality, and then equip foods. I love this brand. They've got great supplements like beef protein isolate, just one single ingredient, unflavored beef, doesn't taste like beef and it's a great way to get more protein, uh, colostrum, collagen, all single ingredient whole food supplements that can help your body mind work a little bit better. And yeah, so that's it for this rambling intro. Enough jibber jabber for me. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks again. And I hope you enjoy this episode with Christian Van Camp. How's it going? Case, my man. I'm ready to unpack the case. <laughs> awesome. Really looking forward to this conversation. Uh, we connected while back and you've got a, a very a bright perception and and, and creativity it, it's rare to find in this world someone who really is, knows their purpose and is able to share in a way that is compelling and engaging so i'd first like to start with uh, appreciate the work that you're doing grateful that you took the time to join me to co-create this episode and stoked to dive in likewise man likewise there's a, a lot of brilliant minds and the more we collaborate and come together the more that expansiveness you know portrays into the world so i'm excited to see what we can chop up today 
Absolutely. We were talking a little bit about this, uh, having a bit of a wide ranging riff session about the state of the world and what could be coming down the pipe and you know how to sort of engage with reality as it is seeming so unstable and potentially chaotic. And one one piece of that puzzle, I think, is is the unstable nature of society that was uncovered during the past few years. How how did that affect your life going through what could be called um, a pandemic or a pandemic, mm. all that chaos that happened in, in the past few years. How did that, how did that shape the man that you are today? Well, ironically, and I think a lot of you guys listening to this can relate to me is the whole world was shutting down. Everyone was fearful, loaded up and like, you know, what does the future hold for us? Uh, you know, everything just slowed down immensely. For me, everything sped up. I was absolutely stoked in my personal life, not in the, the state of the world, of course, but like, just like, wow, like, you know, my intimate relationships totally sprouted far deeper because we were just spending more time with one another. And uh, having that free time after losing my job, I was working at right, right when it kickstarted uh, on the side, I was working at a Kava CBD bar. And so if you guys don't know what Kava is, it's a very relaxing tea that's from uh, Polynesian islands and uh, Hawaii, Vanuatu, those regions. And it's been used for you know, hundreds of thousands of years. And they brew this root up into a tea and it's very calming, relaxing, very therapeutic. So really good for anxiety and sleep and just and a nice, uh, uh, basically nature's Xanax, I like to call it. So I worked at this kava bar, worked at this CBD lounge. It was amazing. It was so chill there. It attracted the coolest people in town. Uh, and then that completely shut down, turned into a ghost town. It was very, very strange. I was like, man, what's the future hold for this? And I was just finishing up my degree in nutrition. And during all this time, I was like, this is interesting. Now it's really a time to slow down for us to really come back inward. Like, what have we been doing as a culture? What have I been doing as an individual in my life? And it really gave me that time to take a step back, look at the objective position of my life and where I want to go because everything slowed down. Everything was shut down. So uh, intimate relationships prospered. I got a crystallized vision for I wanted to go in life more so because I didn't have as many of the extrinsic distractions coming into play. And so overall, man, I mean, the, the brink of it, it, 2020 was one of the best years of my life, in all honesty. Like we, I went out in nature so much more often, went on camping trips all summer, that summer of 2020, uh, a lot of traveling, like it was absolutely amazing. And, uh, you know, I think that's one of those things that it's like we have these external infiltrators that can really shift the way we perceive the world and the news, the social media, the fear mongering, all the things that were going on. It didn't phase me whatsoever. And I was always deep in my heart, like something's fishy about all of this, right? Um, like no one I'm meeting personally is dying or getting sick. Uh, my friends, friends and family, they are not dying and getting sick, but we're seeing on the news that thousands and millions of people. There's this tally of numbers of people dying, going to the hospitalizations. And yet, like they're even having footage of the hospitals and they're empty. Like, so there's all these little things like, this is a little weird. If the government's pushing us as much, do we really trust the government? And I've always been kind of in the conspiracy land myself before all this happened back uh, even years prior to this. And so I always had an itch that something's up here um, and I never fell for it. And I never fell for it once. I always like, trusted my deep intuition with this and just paced myself, didn't judge anyone, but really kept inward with what I was thinking of the state of the world. And that gave me a lot of freedom. And I think a lot of us get in these chains, these prison states of our mind based on the outside world's perspective of the world. And so I don't know, man, going off of that full throttle, like I had the most amazing uh, kickstart when COVID hit 
And uh, even today, like I'm so thankful all this has unfolded because I think it's awakened many people to some of these difficulties we've experienced as a collective. Absolutely. We are 100% in the midst, the beginning stages of a mass awakening that was catalyzed by the coronavirus pandemic. And man, it's, it's a beautiful thing to behold because so many more people are taking control of their health becoming sovereign individuals when it comes to they're wanting land, they're wanting to get back to farming, they want to like reconnect to nature, reconnect to health, reconnect to true, authentic vitality and, and, and life. And it's not happening at a super amazing mass critical widespread scale yet, but we're seeing the seeds of this grassroots movement really grow. And I see you as, as certainly a leader within this movement, especially in the realm of holistic health. You've certainly got a strong sense of mastery of that game of that, you know, protocol, that process, that system of, of habits. And when it comes to that piece of the puzzle, were you always interested in health or is this something that clicked on at some point in your life, which you were then able to learn and share for, for others? Mm, yeah. You know, it's, it's multifaceted, all the things that came into play to inspire me down this trajectory. Uh, it's like that domino effect, right? Once one domino falls, it's like, oh man, all these other ones start falling down. Uh, so I always had this itch or another itch I'm saying, but it wasn't itch. It was like this, okay, something's like notifying me in my body that something's going to happen. Then I reach for it and scratch it in a sense, uh, in a metaphor term. But deep down, I always had this, this feeling, this intuition that I was going to do something related to health or fitness, lifestyle related, because I think this was all inspired through the trajectory of my uh, childhood and my difficulties with my family's health, my personal health, then having a lot of partying stages throughout high school of drinking, of cannabis, of excessive play and not having that deep discipline and work. Um, so deep down, I always had this deeper intuition within my soul. But it's something that's like that primal instinct you feel that's like in hindsight, you're like, man, I wish I did that. I, I knew I had this feeling that I should have said that or should have done that. We all been there before. And that's that. It's like, do we listen to that, that stream of consciousness or do we push it aside? That gut instinct. And I always felt that gut instinct and eventually it just led into the, you know, where I'm at today when it comes to coaching men and, and helping a lot with uh, nutrition and these fitness and the different fundamentals with holistic health. So yeah, the cascade of events that happened throughout my life, uh, you know, my biggest inspiration I'll always go back to is my little sister, Nina. She had a heart transplant back in March of 2014. But prior to that, she was in the hospital for about three to four months, basically slowly fading away and dying, like just... She got under 100 pounds. She had pneumonia. And to preface, she was born with hypoplastic left heart syndrome, which is basically like a three-chambered heart. All of us today, the majority of us have a four-chambered heart. So she had a completely sealed up part of her heart. The atrium on the, the left side of her heart was basically completely sealed up with muscle. And so as a child, as a newborn throughout her life, she was in and out of the hospital, constantly having procedures. And eventually that heart just began to fail. And so in March or in um Christmas Day of 2013, she was administered to the hospital. Weirdest, weirdest uh, time of the you know, year when everyone's like coming together, celebrating Christmas and all that. Nina was in the hospital. My mom was in the hospital. My dad was, was visiting her. And you know, I would visit her periodically. And it just was a different time of the year. You know? And uh, uh, you know, eventually it led into that, that failing heart, which led into the, the gift of this new ticker that's keeping her alive. And so I'm really big on donating life. I'm really big on natural healing because there's two things that come into play for me. I'm against, in many ways, the pharmaceutical industry, big pharma, all of that. But 
I'm very much for acute issues that arise for a lot of us. We get injured. This is where Western medicine's fruitfulness comes out, right? My little sister would not be alive today if it weren't for her anti-rejection uh, pills for her heart medicine, right? She would not be alive today if it weren't for the incredible, uh, incredible doctors that did the procedures on her, the nurses, right? It's so beautiful. However, we've taken it to the next level and we've amplified the power of Western medicine and totally shadowed down in America this natural healing that's been around for thousands of years. Ayurveda, right? Ancient Ayurveda from India. There's so many practices that are proven to help people. Homeopathy. Uh, we got different areas with traditional Chinese medicine and herbs and things like that. They work and they don't have any deleterious effects associated with them. Today we're like, okay, let's just pop out the pills, you know, things like that. Let's go into the office. Let's do these, you know, chemo treatments and all that. And the efficacy around them is so diminished compared to what we have with natural healing. And so I've merged this idea of like, how do we merge Western medicine and all this beautiful modern science due to Nina's circumstance with natural healing, which led her into where she's at today with, you know, eating nutritious foods, keeping her on her feet, movement, fresh air, sunlight, all those things, healthy relationships. Like those are things not talked about enough. Like a doctor is taught when he goes through school, how to study all the different, you know, pharmacological things to prescribe. He's not or she's not prescribed or taught the things based on natural holistic health, right? And so the culmination of these experience cases is crazy, just thinking about like how all these little things, I just started building this awareness towards at 15, 16 years old. And then I was like, okay, I'm for sure going into fitness. Then eventually that led into fitness is not enough. Nutrition is going to help you really out. So then I merged those two together and I realized, wow, your mindset actually has a big player and whether or not you actually heal, how you continue going forward and making this a lifestyle. So I'm all about, with that being said, the mindset, the gut health, and the muscle. So mind, gut, muscle. Awesome. And props to you for hearing that call and, and choosing to act on it, to take that courageous leap each step of the way, going from fitness and learning, oh, okay, this isn't quite enough and, and taking the next step on from that to the learning about gut health and learning about mindset and now combining all those and synthesizing them into your own thing about all these pieces of the puzzle that I've got from different teachers and modalities. And I'm, I'm co coalescing them together in the, into this new sort of system for folks to, to make sense of. And, you know, did all the, you did all the hard work to make it easy for others to kind of take a, a golden bridge to, to get to a, a higher place in, in life. And, I guess what's coming to mind now is I'm, I'm curious, who are some of your favorite kind of teachers or role models along this path who you learned a lot from? Mm, I love that. Yeah. And it, the funny part is like, we have at our fingertips, this little device with all these podcasts, like, you know, this podcast right here, for instance, has so much valuable information and we have YouTube, we have so many free resources or even very affordable ones. Like Coursera is a really cool platform. You can look up guys and just, Basically, go through any course on any topic whatsoever, whether it's business, it's finance, it's entrepreneurship, it's nutrition. It could be anything, anatomy and physiology, whatever. So it's like, you know, it's interesting we're spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on the educational system, you know, in, in college and stuff, which I did, you know. And I think it's one of those things that can be very effective for the discipline approach, which it did teach me a lot of things on discipline. But, man, just, like, take advantage of what's in front of you. Just research and geek out on that. So for me, at a young age, I got inspired by big figures like Ben Greenfield, huge on Ben Greenfield. Like, I started diving into his work. He's one of the first podcasters I dove into, and I heard him on Joe Rogan when I was first listening to Joe Rogan. He was, like, the first guy. You know, everyone was talking about him when I was in, like, high school. Um, and he's still huge right now, of course. And 
he brought down some amazing people that I started going down rabbit holes on. So it was like Joe Rogan led into like people like random, which I don't listen to her too much, but Rhonda Patrick, she talks all about the sauna and like sulforaphane, which is basically this compound found in broccoli sprouts, which is anti-cancer and really good for longevity. And so I started like, whoa, that's really cool. I'm going to look into that. Went down all these rabbit holes, started diving into their podcast, listening to them relentlessly. And then it led into all these different areas. So Max Lugavere's dope, you know, Ben Greenfield, Aaron Alexander. Uh, these are all individuals I highly encourage you guys to look into. You know, Dave Asprey, some of these guys are just like started looking into the, the beginning stages. And now, you know, it's at the point now where I'm having conversations with them briefly on Instagram and stuff like that. So it's just like, whoa, this is really cool. Like, you know, these are the people that I look up to as mentors. They weren't direct mentors, but they're people I, I listened to, took advantage of their free content. And now it's leading to the aspect where I can start becoming that person myself, you know? So it's like this endless thing that's, uh, it's never ending for all of us. Like, you know, for anyone out there listening to, it's like, you know, we all start somewhere. Some of the biggest figures you see in athleticism and, you know, speaking on stage for Ted talks, whatever it may be, they started somewhere. They all started somewhere. They started in the, the pits and understanding like, where do I go from here? And they were very confused. And now they have this confidence because they really worked on that muscle of the mind. And so, yeah, I'm just very blessed, man. I, I think it's so cool that we have this technology at our fingertips and it can either be something very good or it can be our greatest enemy. Really well said. And that is such a primary challenge for so many people right now where it's the, they're using the phone and, and are learning a lot, but others, I say most people, the phone is using them and, and they're being really taken advantage of by Netflix, you know, various TV dramas that they're not learning anything from or, or pornography where they're, they're being mm -hmm. sucked into this, you know, lizard brain attraction or whatever, you know, online arguments about, you know, nonsense that, that is just going to be raising stress levels and, and distracting the mind from learning and, and ascending on, on the path of, path of some, some true purpose and, and meaning in life. And, and I know another teacher for me, all, all those ones that you mentioned were, were big influences on my life. Another one was uh, Paul Chak has, has yes. been tremendous. I was just thinking him right now. Yeah. <laughs> He's the man. Yeah. And, and you think about, so the, I think a cool thing to think about is how each of these people, they must've changed millions of lives with this between like all of them, tens of millions, hundreds of millions of lives, like by extension, like through the ripple. Oh, by extension. Now, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy to think about. And now that they've created like, you know, a Christian van camp who is now also affecting more people like and now. So like now you have the power to inspire other people to become, you know, at that same level. And we, we're talking about in the awakening earlier, like this is it at like a, a tangible fundamental level. We have these people who are like artists, athletes, advocates, um, you know, activists, teachers, and they're like combining all these skills and spreading out through the, through this internet to, to awaken others and, and empower this grassroots movement. It's a beautiful thing that's happening. And, and a lot of people hate on technology, but we've got so much power within the palm of our hand. It's not the technology that's the issue. It's like a fat person blaming the spoon to make them fat. It's not the spoon making them fat. It's the fat person picking up the spoon, which is making them fat, right? And it's not guns killing people. It's the person pulling the trigger of the gun, right? I love those metaphors. Because it's like, whoa, you take a step back. You're like, oh, that is very true, actually. Logically speaking, it's not the, the material or the inanimate object. It's the person using that tool. And how is it used? Is it used for good or is it used for evil or is it supporting you or is it hindering you right and i, I love how you point that out because it's like yeah you know these devices like they can be 
they can be great. They wonderful. It's just the relationship you cultivate with it. Like I've, I've been down the heaps on that stuff, man, when it comes to these phones and things, pornography, like I've gone down the tracks and all of that. And that's why I'm so excited to help others with it. Cause I've figured out the quote unquote crack the code in many ways, which, you know, it doesn't mean I'm always going to be that way, but you know, for the majority of my life, been troubles with it and now i've gotten to that point where it's like okay i understand myself i understand my triggers the mechanisms that lead into some of these bad habits and uh working through that there's so many ways you know depending on who you are what are what are some of those ways that that you've leveraged in order to get a grip on on technology and and your mindset um you know as the person holding you know the gun or the spoon or the the phone yeah yeah I, i would say man the biggest thing you can do is, of course, define the why. Like, why do you want to change in the first place? You always go back to that mindset of like the core why or the purpose, the mission you want to achieve, the goal around it, the vision. Really get deep on that and dig into the emotions of it, not just surface level facade. Like, oh, you know, like, for instance, if I want to get fit, I want to get fit because, you know, I want to look at in the mirror, look at naked. Well, what does that mean? Go another layer or two deeper. Well, if I can look better naked, I can begin to go on the beach and feel proud and confident in my body. And then I can be able to talk to women better. Okay, what does that lead to? Well, then I can have, you know, a better relationship with her and eventually build a family. Okay, you're getting somewhere, right? So just get really deep with certain things and really define what that where that's coming from. So for me, you know, when it comes to these technological changes I've made, it's definitely defining the why. Well, there's two reasons. It's the positive that's associated with it. And then there's the negative. Well, the negative is like I feel absolutely depressed after doing something I know I shouldn't be doing with my devices. So, okay, what does that lead to? Go some layers deeper with that, right? Now does that lead down the wormhole of the why? And the positives can inspire change too, but I actually like to say, even with clients, like focus on the positive, have a good clear-cut vision of that. But if you don't even know what the positive feels like because you've been spending the majority of your life in the bad habits, then connect to the reasons or connect the reasons to the, the negative association of continuing doing it, right? That can actually inspire change much more than the positive. For me personally, even going down this whole life's path of health and wellness and just obsessing and supporting others with it, it was primarily through a lot of the difficulties I had in my personal life. Like I shared with my little sister or my health issues that erupted with gut health or the, the alcohol abuse, the anger, some of those moments that were really just triggering to my soul. And they, I just feel those deep emotions associated with it. It's much more profound in my life versus the positive things that came out of it, right? And and, you know, I didn't really know what the positives felt like at the time until I actually worked on them. Then I felt that. So it's like, okay. Um, so that's what I recommend to all you guys. It's like if you want to inspire change or create a, cultivate a healthier relationship with your technology, for example, define the why and the change of the why by the negative association of continually going down that path. And that can really inspire you down that. So habits that can help you out. Well, dopamine, man, just working with the dopamine system, like, you know, that is the motivation molecule, right? It, it makes us motivated to continue doing an activity at hand. So TikTok's a great example of captivating and capturing your dopamine system, right? You see all these colors, these, these sounds, these different algorithms set up to pick it up and you keep scrolling. You see another video that's a minute long. And then you see another that's 15 seconds. It's like it's just constantly engaging and stimulating the dopamine system to where if you're on it for like 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes pass, all of a sudden it's like an hour, then you turn it off, you're like, whoa, I had this consciousness and this awareness that, man, I've been on this for an hour, then you feel really down and depressed because your dopamine has been whacked out, then it goes below baseline. Those are the moments 
that you feel, you close your eyes and you catch yourself in that consciousness, put the phone down, put it away, turn it off in those exact moments and immediately divert. Instead of getting down and depressed and whatever, immediately shift your attitude into gratitude, into a different activity that can support your dopamine system. So something as simple as just do 20 push-ups, like have a default mechanism that you can refer back to. Um, or go on a walk immediately, leave the phone, just like immediately change the habit at hand into something else. Don't wait, don't wait for another five minutes or whatever and think about what you should do next. Immediately just, if something sprouts in your head like this is it, immediately start doing that habit. That's helped me a ton. And then over time I start integrating more of the good habits that serve me, like reading a book or journaling and those types of things. So that's one of the things I recommend. And also just dopamine detoxes. Have you, have you done a dopamine detox before? Not intentionally. I've done it once. I got to be honest, like a super intentional one, um, a long-term one, I should say, but uh, like seven plus days, you know, and it's, it's not something that should be daunting. It should be something that's exciting, right? And it's all about igniting the dopamine so you don't feel the depletion uh, from cutting out the thing that is not serving you. So like if it is the phone use you're excessively on or TikTok, what other activities can you do to keep that dopamine high? For me, it's the cold plunge that immediately you know, three to four minutes in that 40 degree water can raise dopamine levels by 250% for four or five hours after like this is a steady rise in dopamine, which is such cool, you know, neuroscience we've come to find out. So I think that's really profound. It's taking cold showers, cold soaks to rekindle the dopamine system. Saunas, working out is really effective. Getting sunlight, like all these little variables that aren't really tasking. They just help rebalance your circuitry. So that's, those are some of the examples that come to mind for me. Beautiful examples. That's a really powerful principle to have in place. I love that example of when you finish something that makes you feel sort of shameful or as if you've gone down the wrong path or fell down that slippery slope of, I'm just going to watch one or two TikToks an hour later. You're like confused. You've got like, you know, it's, it's just, you have no idea what's going on. You've just watched like 70 TikToks in a row. And we all know that brain that like scramble brain of you just like, you know, got sucked into the algorithm and, and having that way of just like, okay, put your phone down, go for a walk, you know, do 20 pushups, just get your heart pumping, get out in nature and just kind of recalibrate your system so that you can kind of return back to the path, having, having a good life instead of being, you know, cause we all get sucked into these things. And, mm-hmm. you know, one, one thing I could sort of add to this the conversation in a way is, is to look at the other sort of neurochemicals as well that make us feel good ones like um, oxytocin or mm. endorphins or, or serotonin. And so if we if we have the dopamine system, we can also sort of balance or, or reintegrate towards these other ones as well. Like oxytocin is a great one, you know, petting a dog if you have one or giving a hug to someone or give your, giving yourself a massage if you have no other, you know, animals around to touch. And, uh, you know, serotonin is great because like that would be, you know, something like if you take on a creative project and then like making progress towards that, whatever it is, you know, making a painting, making a podcast, launching a website, just like each step you take towards that, you'll get some serotonin. Like, okay, I'm making progress towards some like long-term future goal. That feels really good. And it, and it it's something that you can integrate into everyday life. And then endorphins, of course, we all love endorphins just like mm-hmm. doing a high intensity interval workout or any kind of movement practice where you've got your heart pumping and, and your body's just flooding you know the runner's high as they call it that can be you know through any movement practice mm. you know what comes up for me right now i, I have to share this, you know the whole idea of like men primarily are dopamine dominant women are primarily serotonin dominant and so how does this apply to daily life well basically women really enjoy conversations with their other women and whatever they'll talk all the time in their groups and stuff and their friends 
men are typically hanging out together and working on a project together. So that's more dopamine related versus the serotonin, which is so unique. I love psychology in that degree. Uh, and so, you know, I guess the reason I bring this up is like for the majority of us men, dopamine, we tend to be more dopamine depleted than women uh, because, you know, it's easier for us to start navigating the dopamine in the, the wrong habits or activities or whatever it may be. And so that's something to be aware of, you know, for us guys is, you know, and then dopamine is also correlated with uh, testosterone in many ways. So if your dopamine is very high, and that motivation is high, testosterone usually rise synergistically with that, which is crazy. Um, but then it can go below baseline if it depletes, right? So testosterone will also go down because that motivation goes down from the dopamine. So it's a very interesting orchestra of just what occurs in our bodies all the time, a symphony of just you know, serotonin, dopamine, oxytocin, you mentioned, you know, adrenaline, like how do these all work together? And um, I like to think almost uh, along the lines of astrology and comparing astrology to a lot of these neurotransmitters and how they can apply to your personality trait. Like for me, I'm extremely just knowing myself very hard charging with dopamine. I just have a naturally high amount of dopamine. Uh, other friends of mine that I'm really good friends with, like my friend Gabriel, he's super dominant in serotonin. Like he's just really, you know, high in the serotonin in different ways. Uh, but he also is really high in dopamine too. But, you know, my whole idea I'm bringing up and cultivating here is that it associates with personality, just how your neurotransmitters are. And I think the better you can understand your dominant neurotransmitter, maybe even acetylcholine for that matter, uh, you know, you can work and navigate through some of these habits a little bit more effectively. Beautiful. You know, I'm, my mind's going to uh, veering off a little bit into the unknown, uh, a bit into the ineffable now is with, if we go a layer deeper and think about something like your, your vibration or your aura, that sort of concept and how all this kind of interplays into that. How, how do you think about that? And like, what's the integration there of like how you live your life versus how your you know vibration, your frequency and, and your aura kind of comes about as a result of that. And then how that sort of shapes reality going forward like how, what do you make of sort of all that sort of thought space yeah man i mean it, we hear all the so basically like we have the different chakra system is what i think about and how a lot of us just coming to mind right now at least in how i see societies we're very detached from our root and that sacral region we tend to be so heady with everything right and i was this guy too back in the day and what I mean by this is, is we're tend to think more logically or just like think, think, think versus feel, feel, feel. And so going off of that, I find we can manifest and actually create the reality we want by feeling more versus thinking more. And this is very apparent with the men I work with is we're very hard driving, business oriented, success driven. All that's great. Super powerful. Keep working towards that. But if you aren't feeling into the emotions of where you want to go in life, success is bullshit. It doesn't mean anything if you aren't happy. And happiness starts with the feeling deep in the sacral region. And so, uh, you know, working deeply, even just sort of like sexual energy, you know, if we connect back to our root and not be so like indoctrinated into a system, you know, unfortunately, religion's been skewed over the years, too. And I'm, you know, I identify as a Christian in different ways, but I think religion's been skewed over the years as well. Over the past 200, 300 years, it's been skewed in a way where we're, we've been told like masturbation is really bad or just touching yourself and just like connecting to that area is bad. And, you know, there's lust associated with that. And we've been, you know, at a very young age, the majority of us into that system of Catholicism and whatever it may be with Christianity, we've been told that's bad to connect down to there. But it's not necessarily that cultivating that sexual energy is bad, for example. It's 
it's the association of pornography today that's associated with it, or maybe a lustful mindset with it, or something along those lines can detach us from that because it's going back to the head. It's going less out of the feeling of that. So, you know, I bring that up just for example, because that's one thing I've been working on over the past years. How do I cultivate this sexual energy while practicing semen retention, while doing so without pornography or a screen and just really feeling into that and getting deep into that intuition, deeper area of our body? Because sexual energy is creative energy. It really is. You're creating another life source energy through sexual energy when two partners come together. And so, you know, you can work on this before you get into an intimate relationship and, you know, whatever. I can go down a whole track with that. But my whole point is, I think going off of what you asked about, your frequency affects what you can achieve in life. And that's the law of attraction. Wherever your mindset is at, you're going to start bringing and feeding that energy in. So if you're in a negative aspect of life and you're always, woe is me and, you know, the world's out to get me and fuck this, fuck that, all that negative stuff, you're going to feed more of that energy because that's where the energy's going, right? But if you're in a mindset of like, oh, I'm grateful for what I have, even though I don't have the best, I'm very grateful for this. I'm grateful for being able to have a car. I'm grateful for being able to have two legs that work. Uh, I'm grateful to be even able to wake up this morning and, you know, even just open my eyes, even though I'm not the most energized or ambitious right now, I'm grateful for that. That attitude of gratitude, going back to that, is what's going to feed more of that in your life. And I... I've been really cultivating that lately. It's being careful with the, my my lingo, my words, because words have so much power. And all this affects your frequency. Like, Casey, you've probably been in a room with people and you're just like, I don't like the energy in this room. Like, I feel like the people talking and mingling, there's, there's an energy there. It's not necessarily the people themselves and what they're saying or how they're looking. It's just like there's an energy currency in there that doesn't feel right. Then you may walk in a room or uh, you may go to like a sound healing ceremony or something that's cool with a yoga practice. And all these people are talking and you're just like whoa i can feel magnified right now this is amazing or going to a retreat and everyone's in that like just heart space that you feel is magnifying their aura um a book i like to go back to is celestine prophecy have you read that before no oh dude highly recommend it the celestine prophecy is so cool it's basically this like fiction story of this guy who ends up traveling to i believe peru or just some south american village and he's on a mission to discover these insights and there's 10 insights and the government is suppressing these insights and doing whatever they can to snatch them and kill off anyone that sees them or captures them. It's the most profound, crazy story, adventure seeking story, but it's very spiritually intertwined that when this guy discovers each, every insight, first insight, second insight, third insight, they're all based on certain like power, superpowers that can help you evolve consciousness. So like, I, I forgot some of the main ones, but some of them is like related to like some of, uh, the four agreements work where it's like Don Miguel Ruiz talks about like, don't take things personal. There's one of those that's related to like, don't think things personal. And so if you have that really inter in intertwined into your heart, you start magnifying that aura and that consciousness. And so Celestine prophecy is freaking dope. There's like three books in the series. I haven't read all of them, but James Redfield is the uh, 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 overall author. That was one of the most inspiring books I've read back in the day. So, but it all goes back to that man. Like, the aura affects where we go. <laughs> Love that. I'm definitely going to check out that book, The Ten Insights. And you mentioned The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz, also a really powerful sort of life-changing book. Some of, you know, these, it, it's, it's crazy how we can come across books that are filled with ideas. We take these ideas and integrate them into our mind and then it completely changes our life. And, and we were talking earlier how this is, you know, done through podcasts and social media. There are various mediums that we can sort of express these ideas and be creative to sort of 
make the world a, a better place. And it's all kind of starting with what we just described, sort of the foundation of, of what we are and, you know, being grateful and being optimistic and then using that strong foundation of, of a way to sort of create and, and bend reality in a way based off that sort of higher sort of frequency and, and vibration. And mm. I am curious what you think of creativity and, and, and the imagination, like what is, what is happening there for, for, from what you can, from what you can tell. Mm. I think creativity is one of those things in like imagination you mentioned, like visualization that is becoming the true superpower today because a lot of us are relying on other people's creativity to inspire creativity and creativity and imagination. I typically, I think it believes it comes from within. It doesn't have to come from the outside. Now I, you know, in many ways in my life, I've been inspired by other people, but I kind of mold it into my own format, which is my own creativity of, you know, making it work for me and my personality and what I enjoy which everyone can relate with, of course. But I think most of the time it, 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 it can be something that it's more powerful when it's completely sprouted from within. Like maybe it's a random thought you had 10 years ago or whatever, and you molded it into something today. You may not even know where it came from, but that's the whole idea. That's what I think creativity is. And um, I think creation through life force is the ultimate flex in today's world. Because nowadays we're creating other people's dreams. We're not creating our own. Uh, we're working for the big man. We're working for corporate, whatever. And it's okay. It's fine. It's totally fine. You know, if you're doing that right now, it's awesome. But understand that you are a human being that can create. You're a human creating. You're a human being. You're not a human doing. And so working for someone else and creating someone else's dream is just the most devastating thing for all of us. When we come to that realization, we're like, I'm not doing that anymore. It's time to create my own and start a side hustle, start entrepreneurship, start creating something that can really make that impact on the world. Because the most free people on the planet are people that have created their own business or created their own idea, which sprouted into something great. And other people caught on to that as like, hey, I like what this is doing. I like what, you know, where this is going with this. I want to support that. I want to invest in it financially or I want to support it and talk about it, network about it, whatever. Like, like you creating this podcast, for instance, it says a lot about what you enjoy putting into the world. You're not looking for a return on investment necessarily. You're just doing this out of good heartedness and intrinsic motivation. That's the number one thing too. Speaking of creativity is like intrinsically inspired where it's not done from an outside force inspiring it. Like in that degree of, uh, you know, like holding you accountable from the outside is awesome too. But if you can really inspire that change from within, that's where you see the results. Um, what we were talking about goal setting earlier too, it's like, okay, if you really want to have the seven layers deep or whatever it may be, think about what is the depth of that? Is it really based on your parents wanting you to do something, go to college because your parents want you to, that good example of that. And, you know, get a good job, get a good paying job, build a family. Like that's all your thing based on your parents' story. Or are you creating a story yourself, right? Uh, yeah, you catch that rift. Absolutely. That was a beautiful riff. I am already feeling more inspired and, and invigorated to, to create more just from hearing <laughs> that riff. It's like, yeah. And, and this is the energy where it's like, I, I sometimes feel like a, some sort of an antenna or like a tuning fork where when I'm in alignment with sort of nature, mother nature, you know, God, Gaia, you know, so whatever language you want to use, like when I, when I feel like more in alignment, when, I, when I'm on point, when I've got my habits sort of set, it feels like I'm more creative. I get more ideas and I'm, I have more energy to sort of kind of create things. Like it could be everything. Like even 
the breath that I took it, that's a creative one. I chose to make it deeper, chose to make it more full. And now I'm going to have a little bit more energy because I had the intention to, to be more creative in, the, in that moment with my breath. And, and then that goes out deeper to the words that I'm speaking, to the ideas that, that I'm having, to the relationships that I'm cultivating. And, and it's such a deep and powerful way to perceive the world. And there was this amazing book that I read uh, recently called Watiko. It was about a, a soul sickness that is plaguing mankind. And I think we're all familiar with like mental illness and physical illness, but like a spirit sickness or a soul soul illness is like mm. sort of a, a new concept, or at least for me, it was kind of mind blowing. And the way to remediate that is to be creative. And, and a lot of people are suffering from consuming too much and they're not creating and they're suffering from Watiko, this horrible soul sickness that is inflicting us at, at a collective sort of critical mass level and and the simple act of being creative is such a powerful way to become more human just as you said to to become more of a creative being and and to make life better at the, at a fundamental root level mm, it is yeah it's 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 all it's all starting from the soul and the thing is too it's it's hard to connect to the soul when everything's connected to the you know the iphone you know and it's like like <laughs> that's the that's the thing and Oh, one thing I was thinking recently is just how the the whole design of the iPhone. Okay, so you got like the Apple and it was bitten out of, you know, the origination of like Adam and Eve and how like it, it was tempted by the snake and she, you know, ended up being an apple and whatnot. And that led into a whole different rodeo for the state of human beings and it's selling your soul, basically. You know, th and there's a lot of things coming out. I know we were going into conspiracies. This isn't a conspiracy. This is just raw and real, like technology is advancing rapidly i mean we're seeing like chat gbt and all these things with ai that are just immensely fast um and we're just i don't know where this is all going to lead i mean where do you think this is going to lead in the next two to five years like i mean even this year like over the past year chat gbt wasn't even like a thing and now it's talked about everywhere everyone's utilizing that yeah the artificial intelligence and on one hand it feels sort of scammy like nfts you know it has mm -hmm. that s a similar vibration to that where a few years ago everyone was talking about nfts it was like nft this nft that nfts are going to be everything and then like and okay that faded away and now AI, it's like ai is going to be everything it's like sort of similar vein but it, in the other hand like you said it is advancing very fast and we can see this taking some some jobs potentially from people and and evolving technology uh, evolving our, our civilization to one of two places one could be a land of totalitarian control and, mm. and deep darkness and the other could be a very bright one in which we're able to leverage this technology to be more human to have more free time nobody likes working 40 hours a week and most of us are having to work 50 60 70 80s hours a week to like just to pay the bills and nobody nobody wants to do that yeah, unless man. you're working on your own own business and like you know doing it from a place of like authentic soul level flourishing and thriving and we we really do have opportunity to take this this thing integrate it into our tools to to make civilization run more smoothly and, and be able to enjoy more free times so like that's that's the the more beautiful world our hearts know as possible and, and we can we can build that if we're intentional if we started a root level with these things that we're talking about that are so, so, so important and essential to be able to be someone who can see the truth clearly and, and come from a, a place of a good heart. Mm, yes, dude. Yes. And like, I think today I have, I have a bright vision for the future. I think a lot of people have this uh, more morbid idea of what the future holds. And I see it all the time through a lot of the stuff being portrayed on, you know, I don't, I don't watch Netflix all too often, but some of these 
what is it called? Where basically Hollywood's like anticipating by putting things out there to where we almost become desensitized to it. Like certain like uh, storylines in many ways of like what the future holds. Like Black Mirror, for example. Have you seen Black Mirror for any of theirs? <laughs> yeah. Dark, man. I, I kind of wish I didn't watch any of that because that's downloaded to my head now. Speaking of subconscious downloads, like I, I'm very careful of that nowadays. But, um, you know, whether it's music or movies, whatever, like being very careful what I'm putting through my eyes because I know there's some stuff in my noggin that I don't necessarily want coming up again. But, uh, yeah, with the whole idea of like the, them transcripting the future in many ways or desensitizing us through AI control, robotic life, moving away from connection to nature, uh, fast food, poor food, like just things like that. That's not necessarily serving, not necessarily for sure, not serving us. And it's disconnecting from that spirit, that soul we were just talking about. And I, I have a good vision for the future. I think many people are quote unquote waking up to what is going on. I mean, over the past couple of years with COVID, it's like, okay, everything's been lied to with all of this. Um, you know, are we falling into the traps of politicians or even people like Elon Musk? Like, a lot of people look at him as like this godlike figure and like, oh, you know, he's the only guy I can really trust right now. But he recently hired on someone from the WEF. You know, it's just like this woman from the WEF, the World Economic Forum. And it's like, well, he's talked crap on the World Economic Forum, but he just hired a CEO on for Twitter to work on Twitter. It's just like there's too many red flags for me to buy into anything nowadays. And that's why I don't delve into this stuff because it's a waste of my bandwidth, right? It's like I already have so much stuff to focus on to, to fruit my purpose and mission. And that's what I recommend to all you guys and uh, everyone. It's just like be very careful with where you're directing your energy because it's all a part of the plan to distract you and take you away from you cultivating a true empowerment uh, for the people and the planet. So, I, uh, you know, what are your thoughts on all of that? That's so essential where, where focus goes, energy flows. And, and what I've been seeing this past, you know, this awakening that that we're that we're riffing on, um, it really is happening. Like more people are aware of of big food, big pharma. The fact that like, hey, you, sunscreen like that is going to cause more harm than good. You know, you don't need that goop on your skin. It, it's it's not protecting. It's it's protecting you from health. Like the sun is a source of of healing. Like what are, what are we doing with this? Yeah. I just the other day I heard there were some firemen walking down the street. I was just hanging out by by the pier here. One guy said to me, like, hey, have you heard of this? have you heard of earthing? And the guy's like, what is that? When you like stick your, your bed to like the wall, he's like, no, this is when you have your bare feet in the earth. And I'm like, oh, wow, people are talking about this like in public now. It's like, I love yeah, that. this is what we need. It's like, that's, 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 the, that's what I'm talking about. And they're like, there's this huge interest now in, in homesteading. Like people are getting land, they're getting bees, they're getting chickens, they're getting you know cows. There's a massive increase in the interest in raw milk, raw dairy, which mm-hmm. is a, a massive, a huge healing factor. Like the fact that we've been, we've been pasteurizing milk for, for decades right. now and everyone's like, oh, I'm lactose intolerant. It's like lactose intolerant. Like that, that's it's never existed. That up until never existed. <laughs> yeah. There, there's so much cool stuff happening. And, and then even just like the, the pushback against plant-based eating. I know I was damaged from, you know, the Netflix propaganda pushing plant-based eating. So many mm. people now are waking up and saying, me too. Like I was messed up by that and, and meat healed me. Eating liver heals me. All this is trending upward in, in a good direction. And it's building this like grassroots level, you know, foundational swell. And it's just going to keep burning, keep rising. And, and soon it's going to be a flaming ember as, mm. as we're becoming sovereign beings and breaking free from big food, breaking free from big pharma and becoming, you know, empowered homo sapiens. And then who knows what beautiful world we're going to be able to create with that powerful energy, but it's going to be an exciting one. 
Yeah, I agree, man. I think it's an interesting concept. Speaking of psychology, again, relating to the mind of humans is it's so much easier to go onto the spectrum of one side and one side, whether it's like full Democrat, they're like, ah, I hate the Democrats. I'm going to be a you know conservative or whatever. Now it's like, uh, and then slingshotting from full vegan all the way to carnivore and then taking the leap from, you know, working out relentlessly every day of the week to, no, I'm just going to do, you know, like one day, you know, every so often or whatever. It's like interesting, the concept of human brain, human beings, brains and how we find it very easy there's an ease to going all out on anything versus just finding that beautiful temperance and balance as the stoics would say find what is essential you know know what is essential find that sweet spot the temperance one of the stoics four stoic virtues that's one thing i've been that's like my one of my mantras is like finding that balance that temperance in those areas of life because I've been through, you know, the storms of like being full, fully like vegan for a moment, uh, you know, eating a lot more heavy animals. And then I just incorporated both like, okay, that feels a lot better for my body. Uh, I think omnivorous eating is scarce nowadays. And so kudos to anyone who's eaten omnivore, like mad respect, the last of us, um, you know, and just that perspective of having a balance when it comes to tech and nature. Like it's not about just cutting out all of technology. That's ridiculous. You're not going to thrive whatsoever. You're going to be cut out from all of society's, uh, you know, being connected to every, anyone really. So instead of going Amish mode, why don't we just find, you know, a balance with technology and nature? And so I think it's interesting, that whole concept though of psychology and finding that, that middle spectrum, that balance between all these different areas of life instead of going all out, in the wholeheartedly in one direction, which creates division, which we're seeing today, is like it's all about divisiveness and division, like uh, versus just acceptance and unity. You know, it's 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 such a scarce thing to see nowadays as someone that's completely heart centered in both directions. Really beautiful point. Yeah, I think that this is so scarce. This this perception that you have this this idea of like integrating and and harmonizing between between these these polarities that people seem to be pushing which is probably probably driven through social media to some extent oh 100 percent, dude i mean like <laughs> one thing that's been bothering me lately i'm just gonna go down a rabbit hole for a second for all you guys is the feminist movement just really irks me and it's because it's creating more division it's not necessarily amplifying the beauty and the nurturing loving caring aspects of a woman and the feminine energy associated with it instead it's amplifying it through a masculine energy feminine energy, like basically just pushing this feminine energy in a masculine way, a dominant uh, shadow aspect of masculine way. So it's this facade of like, this is good and nurturing for society is empowering women. And it has a great heart centered approach to it, which I totally see. But that's the facade layer. If you dig deep into it, it's creating more division. Like if you're only pushing women and women's rights and feminism, it's like, well, that's shutting down men. It's making us feel inferior. And then all of a sudden, it makes us just feel like off too as men. So why don't we just work on cultivating divine feminine light and divine masculine light and putting that together into the world? Because feminine can't survive without masculine. So how is feminism even a thing if we don't even talk about divine masculinity? Um, it's all about toxic masculinity today. All the, all the uh, politicians are toxic masculine. They're disconnected or uh, you know, all that stuff associated with it. It's just a very interesting concept that comes up for me quite often is seeing this propaganda on social media that it, it looks like it's empowering women, but there's this deeper level, almost like this deep state kind of control, similar to similar to like the Black Lives Matter movement, where I thought that was something that was like, okay, that's cool. You know, I have a lot of black friends. That's awesome. Like 
initially started off as something that I looked deeper into it. And it's like funded by the democratic, uh, you know, whatever we could get into wormholes with that. I'm not even creating division here. I just want people to like, think about this stuff and yeah. research it a little deeper. Cause I'm not even either or on this. I'm just coming up with things spewing out of my head that I think about just, it, yeah. Yeah. It's a slingshot approach, man. Yeah. I mean, when you, when you really start free associating about these things, it's like the feminist movement, um, although it had many good elements, a lot of these movements that are funded by big business interests do have amazing, um, you know, alluring conceptual sort of facades, like the plant-based movement it, on its face. It's like, oh, this is battle for better for the environment, better for the animals, better for the humans. As you dig deeper, oh, none of that is, is actually true. Mm-hmm. And for the feminist movement, for example, you know, birth control was a, was a, was a, a way that they were providing women with the ability to, you know, join the workforce and, and, you know, be more, you know, you don't have to have a cycle, you know, that's an optional, that's a thing right. that passed. And meanwhile, this pill is disconnecting them from the flow, from the life cycle of what it means to be a woman in a lot of ways, like having that rhythm and, and that, that powerful hormonal surge that makes someone who they are. And the amount of suffering that has been caused by, by the birth control pill has, has been immense, but people are also awakening up to this. Like I've seen mm. so many people now, getting off birth control and, and telling others like, Hey, this is a poison pill. And that was uh, the name of a documentary that is exceptional. Uh, I believe it was called poison pill, but I'll link it down below regardless. And along with all the other resources that we've spoken about, because we've touched on some great ones, um, kind of building a better sort of perception as, as to what are some of the things happening? How are they being pushed by, by big business and how can we as humans, you know, work through this and, and find a way to, to be our best selves and, and provide a higher level of service and, and creativity out onto the world. It's a deep stuff, man. It's deep stuff, but it we got to make our way through it. We got to make our way through it. Yeah. I think it's just having conversations like this that really make the biggest dent. It's not necessarily like getting bogged down into all the minutia of it. It's just like, how do we just have a simple conversation about it? And like not doing so out of a judgmental mentality, like, you know, when it comes to some of these conversations I've had with friends that are, let's say on a totally different wavelength uh, with some of these things and they aren't even aware with, of it, you can tell, you can totally tell. Um, that's one of those things I bring it up in a way by asking questions and not necessarily telling what I believe. Cause that doesn't do shit. Like whenever we, our society is all about tell, 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 like case, when you gr- grow up, don't do this, do that. Okay. Stop doing that. Like case you're going to grow up and do this, man. You know, it's like, it's like we've our whole society, our parent, like our parents didn't know what to do either because they were taught by parents that didn't know what to do. And it just creates this generational thing. But basically the whole idea is like the simple art of asking versus telling. So beautiful. Humble inquiry. There's actually a book on that called that. Uh, it's, it's really powerful. Humble inquiry is a powerful book. It's all about just like literally asking questions. It's not about telling people what to do or telling them how you feel or telling them it's just like, Hey, uh, you know, how do you feel? when I do this versus like, Hey, I feel this way. It doesn't affect, it's not as effective. Right. So if you're, it's a, it's like a convincing factor that is an odd, like reverse psychology where you're getting people to discover the truth from within versus you telling the truth, going back to what we said in the beginning about something coming from the outside in, it's not gonna be as effective, but if you can kindle that flame from within people, that's going to really make the biggest change. That's what happened for me. A lot of times is you know, I was hanging out with certain people that were mentors of mine. They were asking me questions that brought up these insights from within, like, oh, wow, that's a great way to think about it. Or like, oh, okay, so this is what I need to do. And that's what I work with my clients on, too. It's like, I'm not going to tell them what to do. They always are like, dude, just give me the blueprint. Give me the list of all I need to do. And I'm like, I could do that. Let's see how effective that is for a week. We can test that out. 
But what really helps them out is asking them like, okay, you know, how do you feel when you do that? You know, or what can you do better? You know, things like that that can really inspire that change from within. Uh, and that's, that's a powerful way to convince people. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts on that too? I know this is like a whole uh, discussion on the psychological communication. Yeah, that's, that's really the key. I, I believe we've gone full circle here, kind of described a lot of tactics and, and strategies that can be used along with the deeper sort of key in, in the keyhole, the insight, the, the core theme of, of what we are dancing around and, and striving to elucidate and articulate is this idea that within each and every one of us is this deep power, is, is, this, is this light. And if we're able to align our activities in a way that activates that light and allows it to shine forth. That's how we're going to be our best selves. That's how we're going to have the best possible life here on earth. If, if each and every one of us becomes that lighthouse, shining the light and, and becoming the best version of ourselves and, and everything that you're, you're doing to, to put out into the world is helping people achieve that state and, and you're leading by example. And I'm, I really appreciate all the work that you do to make that happen and, and to push this power forward because it's it's awesome stuff and i've been grateful to be in dialogue with you here on this i've, I've learned a lot and i hope everyone listening has enjoyed the conversation as well is, is there any last learning idea or, or story that you'd like to share with with everybody listening mm. i think the biggest thing you know that comes up for me a lot of times is patience and you know really thinking before speaking i've always had that difficulty in the past and not the word always. I want to take that word out, actually, because that word actually programs my future by saying the word always, because that's referring to the past. And I'm using that as a thing to kindle the future. So be careful with those words, too. Speaking of which, guys, it's the word always and never. Like, oh, that never happens. Or it's like, no, it actually just did happen. <laughs> like, um, With that being said, though, words have power, abracadabra, that control your future. And so for me, the biggest thing that I have made adjustments to in my life is really being careful with the way I communicate and being very considerate with the way I communicate externally and also internally, my self-talk. And so, you know, I've had major issues with that in the past. And uh, going forward, it's one of those things I'm completely committed to is how I can help others inspire that change too, because that programs your reality is those words. You know, think of it like a little algorithm you're setting up for the computer and how that fast you know, RAM runs or whatever, the speed of the computer, you know, if you have all these different random tabs up that haven't been addressed with all these crazy words, it's time to click through those and remove those words so you can start creating a simplistic, you know, energetic, fast-paced brain and future. Um, so that's one thing I would end with is just be very considerate of your words, guys. Patience is key wrapped around that and really think before you speak, really feel before you speak. Powerful. Christian, thank you. Thank you, brother. It's been a joy. I love going through this stuff and uh, excited to move forward in this crazy thing called life. Mm -hmm.